0: 1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Moneywise. I'd like to say a warm welcome and a good morning to attorney Tenny Lance. Good morning, Tenny.
1: Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone.
0: And I'd like to say a warm welcome to my sidekick and co-host and partner, Peter Lance. Good morning, Pete. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. So I was thinking about both of you as I was driving to work this morning. Maybe that's not the right way to begin exactly. As I drove around the corner this morning, all of a sudden I had to come to a full stop in the road because there was a turkey sitting in the middle of the road.
1: And that made you think of us?
0: Well, I was just thinking thinking good thoughts about you. I see. But this stupid turkey just sat there and looked at me. And all of his partners and friends and sidekicks are on the side of the road, but for some reason he decided it was necessary to be in the middle of the road. So I came to a full stop, then I tooted my horn, and then he finally got the message and moved off the road. I was thinking, you know, sometimes when we drive, we see turkeys driving in cars as well. But this reminded me this morning that you have to have a little patience when you drive, and you have to use your horn sparingly. But well, it was
1: that's a good thing for you to think about uh, since you must be the least patient I was driver
2: thinking the same thing
0: <laughs> no, well, I talk a lot sometimes when I drive, but at least I stopped long enough to recognize that sometimes turkeys just can't help it. They have to be who they are. So that was my philosophical thought for this morning.
2: You were trying to be philosophical and and go in a direction that got you into hot water. But yes, there are a lot of turkeys in South Dartmouth, and it's really, over the last year or two, they've gotten a lot more um, prevalent in the area. They're, They're just everywhere.
1: But again, what made you think of Peter and me in the midst of that?
2: I'm not sure. I have to rethink my my (laughs)
0: preface. But in any event. Thank you. Today will be called Give a Turkey a Break Day, ladies and gentlemen. Pause for turkeys because there are many of them on the road, aren't there?
1: Yes. (laughs) All right.
0: Well, today we're going to be talking about some top retirement tips. And we've got a lot of them to talk about. I see people every single week, and I know you do, Pete, and you do, Tenny, that really haven't thought about preparing for retirement or maybe you're in retirement and perhaps you're concerned about cash flow and maybe you could do better. Today we wanna give you some ideas of things that can be helpful to anyone, whether you're retired or whether you're not retired. And as we begin today, I wanna tell you a little story. I just met with some people a few days ago They have respectable assets. They have a house that's mostly paid for, and they have another probably $400,000 worth of other assets, mostly in retirement accounts, and they're close to retirement. The uh, wife is still working. The husband is not working. He's retired. And one of the questions they had was, can I go ahead and retire right now? Do I have enough money saved for retirement? And they said also, gee, we probably ought to do a will, too. So I said, do you have any kind of a will or an estate plan at all? And the answer was no. They've never done a will. They've never done an estate plan. So my most important piece of advice I gave them that morning was, you know, you really need to get your legal affairs in order. You need to do an estate plan. That's a critically important part of planning for retirement, isn't it, honey? Planning for life.
1: I was going to say, yes, it should start at age 18 thinking about what documents you should have but certainly as you approach retirement you should make sure that your um, regular um, planning documents like powers of attorney health care documents wills and trusts are all in place reviewed up to date and still reflect your wishes
2: well a full financial plan really is not complete without the legal documents in place also that's part of your financial plan. It's part of protecting your spouse, your um, children, it's your estate. Uh, so really life insurance and financial, plans uh, and uh, estate plans are all sort of tied into the same thing and that and you're really not complete until you have all of them in place um, th- probably the most important question that we get and the most common question that we get is do i have enough money to retire or when will the money run out i get that a lot and um, you know we're able to answer that question and i've mentioned this in the past but it's been a while almost always the people who are very, you know, sort of casual about it and don't seem concerned are the ones who really do not have enough assets to retire, or at least not to retire comfortably. And the ones who seem to be the most concerned about it are the ones who have really planned and prepared and have enough assets. And when we tell them, you know, your money will not run out before you are gone... Um, or you are going to not only be able to retire comfortably, but also leave a legacy to your children, to your estate, Mm -hmm. they breathe such a sigh of relief. And we've actually seen some people, you know, tear up and and just with such relief that they've done what they needed to do. Well, we are
0: uh, fortunate that we've got a lot of good people working with us and part of our team. And all we do is estate planning and retirement planning, and the law firm does real estate work as well. And then, Pete, what you and I do primarily is help people plan for retirement and plan for making sure they're going to have enough income.
2: Right, and we're not trying to do like a whole plug for us right now. We're just sort of talking, but we will get into the top um, tips in just a moment. But we get a lot of people who say they love coming here because it's a comfortable environment, but also because it's a one-stop shop where they can get all of their financial uh, order stuff in order uh, with my father and myself uh, doing their financial planning, and they can get their uh, estate planning documents in place with the law firm. And now, over the past eight years now, uh, we also have the home and auto insurance company. So we get that a lot where people say, I love that I can get everything done in one place and that it's comfortable going there And another thing that we hear quite a bit is, you guys are genuine people. You are genuine, and you really care, and we do. I'm genuine most of the time. Most of the time, except for when you're driving and seeing
0: turkeys. (laughs) That's true. Well, at least I can say I saw one turkey this morning, and I came to a full stop for him, can't I? Well, we have a checklist uh, of 100 items we're going to talk about. Uh, Realistically, we're not going to go through this entire list today, and if we don't, uh, we'll save it for another show, and we'll have a continuation. So do you know who Fred Rogers is, Pete? Of course. Tell us who Fred Rogers is.
2: Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Right. That was a great movie. Tom Hanks played him really well. Oh, it was an outstanding movie. Yes. Well, he often
0: said what he what he said was, often when you think you're at the end of something, you're at the beginning of something else. And that's what it has to do with retirement. A lot of people think that retirement means... You're washed up, you're finished, and you know what do I do now with the rest of my life? Well, we're going to talk a little bit about that. But let's start, and we're going to go in sequence, if you guys don't mind. We're going to talk about our tip number one for retirement is save money, but do something with the money and let it work for you. What do we see a lot of right now in, with people in bank accounts? They're not making any money.
2: No, they're making nothing. I mean, it's ridiculous. The, the rates that are are in bank accounts right now, even CDs, are really all-time lows. So the first tip is to save money, let it work for you. If you are
0: still working, put away as much money as you can. Um, live below your means as much as possible if you bring in a salary or consulting fees Um, you're not gonna have that income coming in, necessarily, while you're retired. So if you are still working, make sure your money is working for you, too. Money in the bank right now we're calling lazy money because it isn't doing anything for you.
2: What I like to tell people, and I've said this often, is put a little bit more aside every week than you think uh, you can do, maybe a little bit more than is comfortable for you in your mind, and nine times out of 10, you're gonna end up making it work. And you're still going to be able to, you know, take care of your bills and and still have fun.
1: Well, the other interesting thing about having money in the bank (coughs) with clients that I have is that they say, I want to be sure that I have enough money if something comes up. Well, it's very seldom that you can't access money, uh, even if it's not in the bank, if it's in some kind of other investment product. Right. So having it... strictly just sitting in a bank account is not a great idea.
0: One of the things we have in our portfolios that we hand out to people when they come into the office is we have a little chart that takes um, different interest rates and shows you if you put money aside and it earns a certain interest rate, it tells you how long it takes you to double your money. So a quick example, and it's really applicable for today, is if you get about a 7% return on your money, Your money at that rate of return will double in just a little over 10 years. On the other hand, if you're making a half a percent interest on your money, and most people having money in the bank are making much less than that right now, it takes 144 years for your money to
2: double. So think about that. Yeah, you're not even keeping up with inflation if you have money in the bank. So do something with it, get rid of that lazy money, make it work for you. Uh, interestingly, a lot of people that I meet with, um, they have you know 50% of their assets in the bank uh, and 50% in sort of high-risk uh, mutual funds or stocks, um, or at least more risk than I would like to see. Uh, it's sort of an old rule now because people are living longer, uh, but I used to say the rule of 100 is take your age And subtract it from 100, and that's how much money you should have in the stock market. So if you're 70, you should have 30% of your assets in the stock, right? In the the stock market, I I sort of increase that um, a little bit more now because again, people are living longer. Um, But if you're younger, don't have money in the bank, open up a brokerage account with me, uh, get some you know real um, returns instead of less than a half a percent. Um, If you're older, then there's other things that you can do, but you can still have some money in the market. We just don't wanna see you lose that money if you're older because you don't have as much time to make it up again.
1: And so what we get concerned with is when we see people with a lot of money in the bank and money in investment, mutual funds, because that's sort of the combination of the two worst ways that you can keep your money.
0: It's like the worst of both worlds. Right. When you, if you're doing that, you have to have something different. So most of, importantly, have your money doing something to work for you. Put it into a productive investment such as stocks, bonds, mutual funds, or annuities. And we're happy to sit down and talk to you about all of that. We're only going on to... T- top tip number two so we've got a ways to go but you know we have a lot of history in our office we have a lot of experience sitting at this table we have a little experience under the table right now because one of your dogs pete just scratched at the door to come into the recording studio <laughs> and started making noise so we had to let the dog in
2: so there's three of us and one dog recording right now and she's <laughs> almost always in the room with me so um anyways n- top tip number two out of 100 is to max out your company's 401k. If they have one, you should absolutely do that. If they do not have one, ask if they can start one for you and the other employees. And if not, then you should open up an IRA or a Roth IRA and contribute money every single week or once a month. Um, but really, you need to start contributing. Um, my wife the other day uh, got on the phone with a conference call with me with her um, company's 401k um Custodian, and uh, I asked, you know, how much does the company match? And they said two hundred percent of the first two percent, and fifty percent of the next four percent. And I said, wow, that's actually really good. Yep. So it is very good. My wife said, so what should I do? Should I just do the two percent? I said, absolutely not. I said, uh, don't contribute more than the six percent right now, but absolutely you should be contributing six percent and max out what the company's matching. So the the tip here is that.
0: If you're working for a company that has a 401k or 403b and they have a match, make sure you're going to maximize the amount of the match, and you need to contribute at least that much money. I met with somebody, um, one of the same people I was just talking about, just a few days ago this past week, and I said, does the company match? And this person happened to be working for a local large health provider, and the answer was they used to match but recently they pulled back on the match and they're considering whether to begin it again. And then the next question I asked is, how much money are you putting aside into your 403B? And the answer was, I don't know. So if you don't know, it's critically important that you find out and it's critically important that you put enough money in to make the match. Danny, what do you call a person who's happy on Monday?
1: A person who is happy on Monday? Retired. (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm happy on Monday and I'm not retired. That's
0: true.
2: Well, that's that's an anonymous quotation. I don't usually have the the Monday blues. I, I normally am pretty positive on Monday mornings, not well, always.
1: Yeah, we like what we do.
2: Well, when I get up in the morning, I like to do some form of exercise. I
0: I drink some water first of all to hydrate a little bit, and then I do sit- ups and push-ups and crunches. I like to do a hundred of those every morning or some stretching, or some light weights. But as soon as I do that, if I do that every single morning, I
2: always feel better right afterwards. Absolutely. Don't it's. you feel that? There are some mornings where I just don't want to get moving and I don't want to do anything. And as soon as I do my first you know, rep of exercises, I do different things with weights and pull-ups, and I always do at least 100 straight push-ups. I don't do it in sets, I just go straight through. And lately I've been uh, working my way up to 200 um, push-ups, and some mornings I don't want to do it, but as soon as I start, I instantly feel better. That that gives me great pain to think about doing 200 (laughs)
0: push-ups.
1: I didn't know you did that, and I'm very proud of you.
2: Well, next time you come into my house, you'll see that there's a pull-up bar right in the doorway there that my wife can't stand to look at, but I do pull-ups every single morning. That's
1: what you do it on. Yeah.
2: How many pull-ups do you do? Uh, 15 straight. That's really all I do. I could probably do more, but I just sort of just do the 15 pull-ups, and then... Um, I do the 200 push-ups.
0: I remember when I was in Paris Island, we had one guy who was extremely well-built when he first arrived at Paris Island, and he could do 35 pull-ups. Yeah. Uh, everybody would sit there with their mouth open but just watching him do 35 pull-ups. It's hard to do
2: that. Chara, the uh, former Bruins player, he's he's got to be 40-something now, and he still says that he does 35 pull-ups every morning, and that's really impressive. In boot camp... Way back in 1996, I really always struggled with pull-ups. The most I could do in boot camp was like 15, so. Yeah, me too. I don't know why, I just
0: always struggled with pull-ups. Well, you probably inherited it from me. What time did you get up in the morning when you were in Paris Island, do you remember? I do. Uh, four, four, 0400, four, 0430, something like that. 4 a.m., we got up. <laughs> and do you remember the first thing you did when you got up in Paris Island? Stood on line. Uh, <laughs> You had (laughs) a very short time to go to the bathroom and get your clothes on and then stand at attention. Then the next thing we did was we ran like four miles before breakfast, and we ended up at the chow hall.
2: Yeah, it was always pitch dark out. I went through boot camp March through May, three months of hell, and uh, it was always dark out when we were even getting to breakfast. Yep. But... um, I was just going to say something else, and I lost my train of
0: thought. I apologize. That's all right. Let's move on to our third tip, and I want to remind you that you're listening to Money Wise, brought to you every Sunday morning. And we're here this morning with attorney Tenny Lance. Tenny is quite an expert in the area of estate planning and Medicaid planning and Medicaid protection. She does a lot of real estate work.
2: You can reach her at 508-998-8800 for an appointment. And you just reminded me, and if you need to say something else, I apologize, but I wanted to get this out. Uh, Real estate is also something that we do. We are all brokers on this radio show right now. Um, My mother, my father, myself, we're all brokers. And we have an enormous amount of real estate knowledge collectively between us. And so we really are a one stop shop for everything, including real estate. And my father and I, we never charge for our advice. Um, So if you have a question about anything real estate or financial services related, call us, come in and see us. We do not charge to meet with you. That's a good reminder.
0: You know, when I had my first job, I worked at a, a local law firm right out of law school. I did between four and five closings, real estate closings, every single day, five days a week. I was doing 15 to 20 real estate closings every single week. And then In between time, I
2: would be searching titles. So, yeah, we have a lot of collective experience. Which brings us to tip number three, which is sort of we talked a lot about, so we're not going to stay on it for too long, which is to establish a trusted coach, um, somebody who can work with you not just now but throughout the years and through your retirement, and that's what we do here. Well, we have an outstanding team of people here um,
0: with expertise in the areas of real estate, taxes, finance, and everything in between. And a lot of very committed people working here, our entire staff are are outstanding. Uh, The very famous poet Maya Angelou once said, people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And that's one of our goals here, is we want to make people feel that you're part of a, in a very important family of trusted advisors that will take care of your requirements and needs and make sure that your family is protected, right, Tenny?
1: And over time, we we do, for example, three-year, five-year reviews for people free, just because we want to be sure that they um, that they stay protected, and that's part of being a uh, trusted coach.
0: So let's move along to tip number four, Tenny. What's tip number four for this morning?
1: Well, I think these <laughs> tips are out of order because tip number four is have a will in place. But, of course, our preference is that you rely less on a will and more on a trust, later Well, which we're coming to that later in tip on. number seven
2: as uh, well. I understand. But at <laughs> least you should have a will in place at the very least, at the bare bones minimum. You should have the, what's called simple docs. And sort of five, six, and seven all sort of um, relate to that. So why don't you talk about uh, what the simple docs are, and those are something that everyone should have in place.
0: Let me ask you one quick question related to that, Tenny. How many people in this country do you suppose have done even a will?
1: Oh, I think the percentage is really small. It's something like 20%. Yeah,
0: I've heard heard, uh, numbers between 25 and 30% of people have even bothered to do a will. Most people have done nothing, which is incredible.
1: Right, but back to Peter's uh, comment. We don't really call them simple docs because it sounds like they are extremely uh, straightforward and simple, which not all of them are. But we do do what's called basic documents, and that would be a will and or a trust, your health documents, And a durable power of attorney for property. So, yep, that's what we think of as basic documents.
0: And a durable power of attorney basically says that if you are not able to make a decision for yourself, maybe you're disabled, maybe you have dementia, then you signed a document that authorizes somebody else to make decisions for you. Vitally important. It avoids conservatorship and avoids spending thousands of dollars to have a guardian appointed for you, doesn't it?
1: And probably somebody appointed by a court that you might not even know. So, yeah, much very important to have basic documents in place.
0: And if you're listening today, I wonder how many people listening today, if they were truly at the end of their life, would want to be kept alive artificially on a breathing machine or a feeding tube and so forth. So if you have a living will, that expresses your wishes in that area, doesn't it, Tenny?
1: Yes, the living will basically says if the doctors say that there is no hope for my survival as an ordinary human being, please don't keep me alive simply on machines.
0: So I have done a living will in all the documents that we're talking about, and I'll say it again to Tenny and to Pete, don't ever keep me alive artificially if there's no hope of my recovery. I don't want to be a vegetable on a machine. It's not how I want to end my life. But these are very important documents to do. And I think if you're listening today, most people would feel the same way. Here's a quote from an unknown person. I'm going to make the rest of my life the best of my life. And that's okay. how you should approach retirement.
1: That's a great plan.
0: It is a great plan. So what about if you've done a will a long time ago, Tony? What if you did a will 10 years ago or five years ago or if there have been changes in your family, you should review those things, right?
1: Right. I can't tell you how many people we see who did a, a will in uh, 1991 or 1995 when their kids were really little. Um, the, every basic document should be reviewed every three to five years to make certain that they still reflect your situation and your wishes so yes
2: well something else to um, make note of is even if you have done an estate plan with a different attorney and you're not 100 percent sure that you um, like that relationship and they're not keeping up with communication with you and, and asking you to have you know three-year reviews as laws change and things change in your life as well uh, you should have uh, my mother attorney Tenny lance or attorney mike coleman Uh, Review your current estate plan and your current will and make sure that there's uh, no errors in there. Uh, Recently, I spoke to someone um, whose mother had to go to a nursing home, and they did an estate plan with a different attorney, not us. And uh, there were two simple words in that estate plan that made the trust ineligible for the five-year look-back So they have to pay 100% out-of-pocket for the nursing home now. So review, 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 and get some expert advice. We're going to take a
0: short break. We want to feature one of our business spotlight specials. We like to feature local community businesses because we like to ask people to support your local community businesses. We're going to hear from Karen Enroth. She's the owner and director of Spherion. It's a very important placement service. If you're looking for a job or... If you want to hire an employee, get in touch with Spherion. We will be right back. We would like to say a special welcome this morning to Karen Enroth from Spherion, which is spelled S-P-H-E-R-I-O-N. So good morning, Karen.
3: Good morning, Ray.
0: You are our very special business spotlight for today. We'd like to feature local businesses because we all live in a community of businesses that help each other. And tell me what Sperion does. I know what you do, but you have to tell me.
3: Yeah, so Sverion is a recruiting and staffing company, and we service the Greater new Bedford, Fall River, Wayham, Plymouth area. Um, we do temporary staffing, and we also do direct tire staffing. Uh, the areas of expertise are professional placement. We do a lot of clerical support, administrative, unskilled labor, accounts okay. payable receivables things of that nature.
0: So, it's a staffing agency, it's a recruiting agency, you help people find jobs, but you also help companies find employees, is that correct?
3: That is correct.
0: Okay. What if somebody, for example, decided to take a temporary position and then it becomes a permanent position. Could they do that?
3: Happens all the time. Okay. Yes. Very and popular.
0: If somebody wants to reach you, they would call you at 508-991-8170.
3: Yes, that's our phone number.
0: Okay. Now, if somebody wants to know more about the process of finding a good employee, finding somebody on a temporary basis or a permanent basis, do you have a website they could contact?
3: Yes, uh, spherion.com. You can look us up. Or if you prefer, you can call our office, and we'd be more than happy to help you.
0: Okay, in Spherion, by the way, it's spelled S P H E R I O N dot com. So it's very simple. Well, they're they've been in business for a long time. Now uh, we're talking with Karen Enroth. Karen, I understand that you've been around for a long time. Now I didn't phrase that correctly. You've, you've been in this business of recruiting and hiring and finding good people for a long
3: time—thirty-two years to be exact. Right.
0: So I guess we could say that you're an expert and you are a professional at what you do.
3: On good days, yes.
0: Okay. So I want to remind everyone that Spherion, which is an outstanding employment agency, is that right to call it an employment agency or staffing?
3: We're a staffing and recruiting company, yes, because we do have the full menu of okay. um, offerings.
0: You're located at 365 Fonts Corner Road. If you don't know where that is, folks, it's right across the street from our office at 352 Fonts Corner Road, and it's right next to where Vanity Fair used to be, so it's very easy to find, and uh, we recommend them highly. Um, I happen to have known Karen for quite a long time. The company, again, is Spherion.com. You can call them at 508-991-8170 or you can reach them at spherion, spherion.com. Well, Karen, thank you so much for being here and continued good luck in these really tumultuous times of finding people and hiring people and getting people to work for you.
3: Well, thank you so much for having me.
0: I guess if, if anything, this is really a time when somebody might want to use a professional, isn't it?
3: I totally agree. Yes, it. You know, um, it's something that we do on a daily basis, and it's cuts the time out that you know Mm -hmm. you would take otherwise.
0: Well continued best luck and and best wishes. Thank thank you you. so much Ray. All right bye-bye. So a big thank you to Karen Enroff and again we recommend their services if you're looking to hire a talented person or if
2: you're looking for a job yourself get in touch with them. It's so nice to be able to be doing these business spotlights again. Um So that's nice for uh, Karen to come by and and, uh, pay us a visit, and we'll uh, look forward to having others every week.
0: So I'd like to start off by, again, reminding folks we're talking about some very important retirement tips today. I'd like to give you an unknown quotation or quotation from an unknown person. I can't wait to retire so I can get up at 6 o'clock in the morning and go drive around really slow and make everybody late for work.
2: I see that almost every morning as I'm bringing my. I son see to that school. almost every morning.
0: I say, oh, this person's not in a hurry. Well, I'm coming to this intersection up ahead. I've got a 50 50 chance. Are they going to go right
2: so I can go ahead, or are they going to go straight? I say, come on, come on, come on. And sometimes they change their mind at the last minute. Yes.
1: Well, remember also that we live in a place that is a desirable vacation kind of spot as well. So I see people who are just on vacation.
0: So just because you're retired means you can slow down, but it doesn't mean you have to stop. Right, Tenny? <laughs> so no. this morning we are talking about some very specific tips. We've talked about wills, and if you haven't had your will, your estate plan done for a while, or if you haven't reviewed it for a while, what are you waiting for? Life doesn't stay the same. Let's talk quickly about trust, Henny. So we've talked about the importance of having a will so you don't have to go through probate, which takes at least a year in Massachusetts, right?
1: Well, yes, uh, probate is a court process, and it's public and all those other kinds of Uh, unpleasant words, but a trust can uh, keep you out of probate court, and there are, of course, very many kinds of trusts, but the trust that we do a lot is similar to a will, but it keeps you from having to go through probate.
0: That's the revocable living trust?
1: That's correct.
0: And because it's revocable, that means you can also amend it and change it if you have changes in your family or in your life, right?
1: Right, and that's what we do with our every three- to five-year checkups is we often do amendments to trust because things change in people's lives, or law laws change, so we need to update them. And it's fairly easy to do that.
0: You know, that's a good word, uh, checkup, as I think about it, because if you have a doctor, if you have medical issues, you periodically go back for checkups, or maybe you do an annual physical, or if you've had some surgery, like I had some shoulder surgery a while back,
2: and you can go back and make sure that everything is still working correctly, right? Well, I've been saying that checkup uh, word for probably two or three years now. I've been saying that we should put a big sign out front and have it change for different things, but that we should start by um, sort of appealing to all the doctors and nurses and patients that travel back and forth past our office every day, and we should have a sign that says, have you checked the health of your IRA? Or have you, helped, have you checked the health of your estate plan lately? Something like that, because all these it, people sure, are... good idea. So. Is
0: it time for your family financial checkup? Yep. Or have you ever done it in the first place? So, yeah, very good analogy. So, I have a backup plan is our next tip for a key financial person. So typically, Tenny, if you've done a trust, you don't just name yourself as a trustee, you name a successor trustee, right?
1: Right, the documents that we do almost always have backups whether it's a successor trustee or a successor healthcare person.
0: And that way if the person that you've named as your successor cannot serve, if they die, if they're incapacitated, you've got somebody else. But often you've maybe named somebody in your documents a long time ago, and that person is no longer here.
1: Yeah, it might be irrelevant now. But I'd also like to mention the fact that we have backups in our own companies. People often ask me, well, what happens if you retire? And I say, well, attorney Michael Coleman is here. He's a young man, and we don't have any anticipation that our firm is is going anywhere soon.
0: You know, that's really a good point, point. Um, and we have a good team of people here. We have the older generation of the team, but we also have a younger generation of the team. Right. And everybody is competent, and everybody learns from each other. So we've got a lot of people here you can count on. Um, if you haven't met our whole team, you're welcome to do that. If you haven't met Cheryl and Deb in Lance Family Insurance Agency, that's important to do. And um, I think many people are
2: now familiar with attorney Michael Coleman. Cheryl is just phenomenal. She continues to really amaze me, and you'll be amazed by her also. She will email you or call you or text you, whatever you prefer for your communication with her. She's got a great personality, and she really saves people money nine times out of ten. And if not, she will tell you. She's very upfront. She's very honest and will tell you like it is that you have a great policy, but She took a vacation day last week, and an email came in with someone needing to have um, a copy of their policy forwarded to a place that they were doing work at to make sure that they could prove that they had liability insurance. And I was really busy and uh, sent Cheryl a text to ask her if she could uh, forward that along. And uh, she texted me right back, and she said, I already did it. She said, I am always working, even while my day's off. So she just is phenomenal. Well,
0: we have, as I said, an outstanding team of people here. and We love everybody, and occasionally we'll add somebody else onto our team. Cheryl is a force of nature, by the way. When she comes in in the morning, the first thing I say is, Good morning, sunshine. Well,
2: I actually told her the other day, um, please just say hello nicely, quietly when you walk by my door because she's always happy, and she'll come walking by my door. Hello! <laughs> and half the time I jump out of my seat. Half the time I'm on the phone. So I had to say, Cheryl, I love you. Please just give me a little quick hello on your way by instead of scaring the bejesus out of me. Well, on the other hand, we have Deb who sits right
0: around the corner from her. And she's focused. Her back is to the opening. And if you go up behind her and say, Good morning in a normal voice, she literally jumps up in her chair. So what I do now when I approach them in the morning is I go around and I say, good morning, Deb. (laughs) She starts laughing and she doesn't jump.
1: (laughs) Well, that brings us to item nine on our list. Introduce your team to everyone who counts. I mean, I don't think that's exactly what this tip is, but um, we do like to introduce our team and ask you to make recommendations if you're happy with what we're doing.
0: Oh, everybody here is so wonderful. I mean, I'm not going to call out everybody's name, but If you've ever dealt with Janet at USA Wealth Group, she is so on top of dealing with clients. And half the time when somebody calls with a question, it never even gets to me because she answers the phone and she's able to answer their question.
2: Which is something that I should mention as well. We always respond within 24 hours. Um, We we don't like to keep people waiting. Very, very rarely will someone ask a question that I don't have an answer to. And I always make sure I tell them I will get back to them within 24 hours with an answer. Um, So we're very responsive as well. But number nine actually means introducing your team, you at home listening, um, to all of us. So if you are a client already or if you become a client, um, it's important to make sure that, you know, your spouse, your adult children or your guardians. Bring your children in sometime. We do have clients who bring the children in. Some clients do not want to have their children involved in in knowing what you know assets you have, but there are a lot of clients who enjoy bringing their children in and and want to make sure that they're aware of everything. And we invite that, and we welcome that.
1: Part of the documents that we do when we do uh, trusts and so forth is a contact sheet uh, where people are able to list their insurance agent or their. Uh, annuity contact or anything like that, because those contacts are important for the generation that follows you.
2: If you deal with a particular person at your local bank, it's important that you let people know who that is. Um, So you should have that list together uh, in a safe place uh, should anything happen to you, and you should update it yearly as things change. We started doing
0: something a while ago in this office. Uh, A few years back, we thought, you know, it's really important to recognize veterans And so if clients come in the office and we find out that one of the spouses served in a branch of the military, we give them a sticker. First of all, we have a little card that thanks them for their service, and we give them a sticker for their branch of the service that they can put on their car. Um, We find people appreciate that a lot because it gives them a chance to think about the time they spent in the service and to acknowledge that they served, and that's a useful thing to do. And we had a couple who came in this past week, and they came in with an adult son who had spent time in a military service. And when I found that, um, I went back out and got a sticker and presented it to him. So um, that, these are some of the things that we do to make clients feel comfortable. But by all means, come in with your adult children if you want to so they can understand your estate plan. Um, the next tip we have, uh, I think I'll give a little quote from Winston Churchill first. We make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. And that's kind of what we like to do in this office, isn't it, Tenny?
1: Yes. he He's often quoted with very uh, sound advice.
0: He worked hard at it, though.
1: Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. He, He was an interesting man.
0: Yep. That's probably a good choice of words.
1: Often dictated to his secretary while he was in a bathtub. I mean, he was he was, uh, he was, certainly interested. Yeah,
0: he did that. So the next tip that we have is decide how much cash flow you want from your portfolio in retirement. And again, I'll sit down with people sometime, as I did again this past week with a couple of different folks, and they say, do I have enough money to retire? And we'll say, all right, well— It starts with a budget. We're going to talk about a budget in just a moment. And let's figure out how much money you're going to need in retirement because you're not going to have your regular paycheck coming in uh, necessarily. You might have some Social Security checks coming in. And what do you anticipate your budget is? We give them a form to fill out. Whether you want to do business with us or not, we'll be happy to give you a budget form. Give us a call at 508-998-8858. If you don't have a budget, that's the starting point, you don't know what your cash flow needs are gonna be. So let's assume you d- you've done a budget and you've determined that you're gonna need $3,000 a month of income uh, to cover your budget needs. The next thing we'll do is we'll look at your income in retirement, which could be maybe a couple of social security checks, maybe a pension, fewer and fewer pensions today. And then we'll take a look at your assets and we'll say, you're going to have a shortfall, and you're going to have a need to take money out of your assets of $1,000 a month. That's $12,000 a year. So if we take the total value of your assets, let's say it's $240,000, and you didn't make any more money on those assets, and you needed $12,000 a year, if we take the two hundred and forty and we divide it by $12,000 a year, that money's going to last you 20 years if you don't earn any more money, earn any more interest
2: on it. Right. Which uh, would not be the case if you worked with us, of course. Um, so that's that's an important thing to mention. And it brings us to uh, our next uh, top tip, which is number 12. Yes, we're only on number 12, uh, which is take the need to finance a very long life seriously. And what that means is I don't think many people, and we see it a lot when I tell people, you know, this money will last until, you know, such and such a date, and you'll be at this age, and they'll say, well, I don't think I'm going to live that long, and sort of joke and chuckle about it, and I get that more often than not. There's very few people who have a positive mindset when it comes to how long they think they're going to live. I agree. I see the same thing a lot. And it's really unusual to me, because I want to live a long, a long life, and um, it, most people just don't have that outlook for some reason that we meet with, at least, but... A lot of you listening are going to live a lot longer than you may think or may expect in 1952 the life expectancy on average was 68.6 years and this is now way back in 2006 you know it was seventy seven point eight years so almost ten full years um, over that roughly 50 year period it's now been quite a while since 2006 so um, I, I don't know the current life expectancy but for those of you listening if you have a spouse, the chances that one of you is going to live past 90 is very likely. So you need to plan for that and have the finances for that. Well, we are all living longer. And I don't think there's anybody that
0: says, I only want to live for five more years. People want to live as long as they can, generally.
2: Which which also, what I just talked about with having enough money to, to live until you are gone and and hopefully leave something to your estate, to your spouse, to your children, is what we spoke about at the very beginning of the show. Don't have lazy money. Please don't have too much money in the bank. We always recommend a small reserve um, for emergencies, of course, you know, what if you need a a new car? What if you need to replace a roof or a boiler? Um, But oftentimes we see far too much money in the bank earning nothing or next to nothing, I should say, or even worse, uh, people who have it literally just sitting in their home in a closet or something. So what we can do, Pete,
0: is we can sit down and help you create a retirement income plan and project how long your money will last. And if it looks like you're going to have a problem,
2: we're going to look at some other solutions, some of which we're going to talk about this morning. Part of that retirement income plan is also looking at your Social Security or your pension or both. And if you have both, you may have a reduction in your Social Security with either the GOP, the Government Offset Provision, or the WEP, the Windfall Elimination Provision. If that's the case, I can calculate that as well and tell you what your Social Security will be reduced by. And then we also, as part of an income plan, talk about when you should take your Social Security. Should you start right at 62? Should you wait until your full retirement age? Or do you have enough assets where you can let that money grow at about 8% a year, which is a really good return, and uh, take the money else from elsewhere? And a very important point to remember, too, is if you're planning to retire and you're
0: calculating, you're going to have two Social Security checks coming in. Remember that if one person dies, you're only going to have one Social Security check now. So you need to think about that when you're forecasting the income But we can help you do that. And by the way, just give us a call at 508-998-8858. Make a time to come in, and we will sit down and review what your needs are, what your assets are, what your budget is, and tell you here's some additional things you ought to be doing right now.
2: Number 13, is something we've discussed at the beginning as well. Don't ignore inflation in your long-term planning. Uh, say you needed $50,000 a year right now to cover your living expenses. It'll be about $90,000 in 20 years. So almost double in 20 years. That's what inflation can do, and that's why you should not have your money sitting in a bank. Teddy, do you remember what we paid for our first house in Mattapoisett
0: years ago?
1: Uh, I think it was approximately 25000 No, it was less 24.
0: than that. No, it was less than that. It was $21,700 we paid for our first house.
1: A three-bedroom ranch.
0: With one and a half baths on a half-acre lot. Yep. Didn't have a garage. That house today would probably sell for $400, 400 $450. 450.
1: Four, I was going to say 450
0: That's inflation, ladies and gentlemen. Oops. And boy, I wish I had kept that house at that price now. <laughs> <laughs> but well, you,
1: the, the problem, of course, is supply now, but yep. in any case...
0: So somebody named uh, Chichi Rodriguez once said, when a man retires, his wife gets twice as much husband for half as much money.
1: And did you want twice as much husband? Probably this? not.
2: Well, that's a, that's <laughs> a thing that we run into, where some spouses, they love the, spending the extra time together, and some, they're used to not be spending the days together, and they're kind of like, hey, what are you doing here? <laughs> so we need to
0: start a new business, which will be called New hobbies for retired people so they can find something else to do and they don't have to be home with their spouse all that time. Well, think about it when you think about it. (laughs) Think about it when you think about it. I think that's what adult daycare is. (laughs) No, it's not adult daycare, but just think about the fact that you spend most of your adult working life, you only get to see each other a a few hours a day, and that sort of seems to be enough. And then all of a sudden you're retired and you're in the same place together. What the hell do you do? (laughs)
1: We'll have to hire somebody in uh, retirement counseling.
0: That's a good thought, too. (laughs) Well, um, there are some people who start their retirement long before they stop working. That's a quotation from Robert Half.
1: I Uh, actually am usually surprised when I hear people looking forward to retirement. I mean... We like what we do. We enjoy working. It's, it's always a surprise to find that some people find it so tedious.
0: Well, we may sound a little bit more creaky as we get older, but we don't have any immediate plans or even plans in the future to retire. I like what I do. Right. As long as I'm healthy and able and I'm not falling over my plate. I'll probably continue to be here. Yeah, you just—you just had a sip of water and you had some drill going down. You're just gotta watch <laughs> out for that. All right, time to move on. So we talked about inflation.
2: Um, so, are you biased as an investor? And what that means is, most people who invest on their own, they really are not doing well. And that—that that sort of goes into number fifteen as well, which is if you enjoy investing, self-manage a small portion of your portfolio. Really, uh, it's become very common for a lot of people to think that they are you know, very well-educated investors because there's so much information out there and because there's so many apps that you can use and so many different ways that you can uh, buy and sell stocks on your own. But you really need an experienced um, advisor uh, because most people, they buy when the stock or the market is high and they sell when it's low. Um, they sort of follow the trends instead of Uh, being a smart investor and buying what's called the dip, which is when the stock is slightly down or maybe even uh, quite a bit down before it goes back up again. So so the motto here is, don't be a dip and buy at the dip. Right, right, yes. Okay. But uh, I see a lot of clients who, for the fixed portion of their assets, they are happy to work with us, but they still want to manage the money themselves. And in 90% of the cases, I look at that and I see many things that they're doing wrong. I will cautiously and, and, you know, carefully choose my words and and tell them what I think that they should be doing. Sometimes they listen and they choose to work with me and I put them in a different direction. Uh, Sometimes they don't. But for those of you who really love to play around in the stock market, um, you know, do a, do so with a small portion of your assets and let me handle the rest of it.
0: Agreed. And so why
2: why are you qualified
0: to handle the rest of it, Pete? What do you have for qualifications?
2: I'm um, securities license, and uh, I'm I'm what's called an investment advisor representative, IAR.
0: Investment I, I'm advisor not allowed to
2: I'm not allowed to shorten that. I'm not allowed to say I'm an IAR uh goes against uh, SEC rules. I have to say the whole thing out, which is why I hate to say it. Hmm.
0: Okay, and that also means that you are a fiduciary, I assume?
2: Yes, as are you and as are attorney, Tenny Lance.
0: And so what does a fiduciary mean, Tenny?
1: It means that you have the responsibility to do the very best for your client, to make certain that um, your advice and decisions and um, whatever that relates to is done in the best interest of who you are representing
2: only and always in the best interest of the client. Well,
0: you are a fiduciary, which means you must act in the client's best interest. Give us a call if you've got questions. If you think that our team can help your family team, we can. Give us a call, 508-998-8858 for USA Wealth Group, 508-998-8800 for the law firm. And we're going to conclude today. We're going to... Do another show and pick up more of these very important tips.
1: We only got to, what, 15 out of, what is it, 99? 100, actually. (laughs)
0: Well, I'm going to leave with a final quotation from Jean Perrette, definition of retirement. It's nice to get out of the rat race, but you have to learn to get along with less cheese. So on that thought, we want to leave you with the happy thought of do something, there's always something we can do to help you, and we're here for that purpose. We will talk to you again next week on Thank the radio. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Tenny. Thank you, Pete.